Welcome back to the King Bentley Podcast, where every opinion is welcome and every voice could be heard. Before we get into today's show, I want to run through some of my favorite samples, three of my favorite samples to be exact, before we touch today's show. I've been working on my DJ skills a little bit, not to call myself a selector or a DJ by any, you know, by any in any way, shape, or form, but something I've been working on for the people. Don't touch that dial. Let me know what y'all think. Dallas kind of fat, reminiscent of a whale. Young girls' desires hold the females' dreams. I'll be the abstract poetic representing for queens. Socially, I'm not a name. Black and white got game. If you came to the jam, well, I'm glad you came. See, nigga first was used back in the deep south. Falling out between the dome of the white man's mouth. It means that we will never grow. You know the word, dummy. Upper niggas in the community think it's crummy. But I don't. Neither does the youth, cause we am. Race adversity, it goes right with the race. And being that we use it as a term of endearment, niggas start to bug to the domas where the fear went. Now the little shorty say it all of the time. And a whole bunch of niggas throw the word in a rhyme. Yo, I start to flinch as I try not to say it. But my lips is like the oop as I start to spray it. My lips is like the oop as I start to spray it. My lips is like the oop as I start to spray it. The sucker nigga. Nigga, nigga. I throw the sucker in the front. Both the ones that Smacking one hand in the other hand, grands of C notes. Game got my eyes wider than the 430 buggy. You no, know, tell them what the fuck I do for this money. Stay posted up close to killers and cutthroats. The thoroughest bitches who in the pussy stuff coat. As I cook and cut coat with the bacon soda, almond hammer, palm and hammer. Snake you crazy, nigga, my clips bananas. Taking over with the mafia. Hitting niggas for they bricks like Glossius, the cockiest. It's obvious, it's me, he, who. Confirm fronting niggas like you wanted, well, nigga, me too. What the fuck? I'm calling the bluff. Niggas act like they stop making guns after they made jaws. I'm sponsored by the NRA, DOAU. Greasy stand over your coffin mic, AU. Tell the devil I'm coming, keep it hot. For now, I got my eyes on the. Money's on my 
Today's guest, longtime friend of the show. As a matter of fact, she's the graphic designer who created the the, the artwork for the King Bentley podcast. And Nia calls into the show and she speaks about the current um, marketplace in New York City for young creatives. And after that, after her and I have a conversation about things that are culturally relevant to young black people in this country, I called up Dredd and I had him give his reactions to Rolling Loud day one. You know, when I called him, he was on his way to day two of Rolling Loud, but he was able to share his opinion and his perspective on a couple of new music that came out. And rolling it out day one. So, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Like, share, subscribe it. And thank you in advance for your time. Thank you in advance for listening. It's the King Belly Podcast. Well, I do this in my slumber summer. I ain't none of these half ass newcomers. You know how I do summer. I drop heat when you bring the sun up. The combo make niggas act up. I pick a gun up. Niggas back up. They know I'm not no fronter. I don't talk shit. I just flip it on ya. Silence. I'm just trying to advance my quotes. I ain't making you the butt of my jokes. But let's not stray. It was an active week in the culture this week. Um, CCNY had a couple of events this week. They had a, they had an event on Wednesday for like Instagram creatives. Then they had CultureCon this weekend. What else happened this weekend? Mm-hmm. Miami Con will happen this weekend. Rolling Loud happened this weekend. Our homecoming. Our homecoming. Like so, everybody was doing something. As a matter of fact, everybody is currently still doing something right now because there's so much going on this week. Exactly. But me being me, I baited and found myself at none of these events. And it's crazy because Nia definitely told me about the event happening on Wednesday that the CC and Wilds putting on. What happened? On, what, what was the name of it? I don't want to. I don't want to misquote that. I know it was something to do with Instagram. I know it was something to do with creators. But what exactly was the event? Um, it was the Next Level Creativity for Instagram event. Right, right. Boom. So I knew. See, I knew. I knew it was Instagram and creativity. And so basically, they had three people on the panel, mm-hmm. and the one that I'm familiar with, his Instagram is like this Rio. This is Rio. Mm-hmm. And what I learned. Cause you went. He produced for Beyonce. You, you actually went. Yeah, I went with my homegirl Shay. She has a podcast along along with a radio state uh, radio show mm-hmm. on Power. I think she's on like from seven p.m. to nine p.m. at night. But yeah, we went to the Facebook event. We had to get our passes. It was really cool having like our own custom guest pass from Facebook. We went upstairs. They had like um a table. People could get food. The line was ridiculous. <laughs> did not get no food. Did not get no drink. Went straight <laughs> to the seat. Um, waited for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then they started it. So who were the people that were on there? Like I said, I'm familiar with Rio. So Rio, to my knowledge, he does visual animation. And he does like... um. You ever seen this guy on Instagram and like the picture will go around and circle like a spiral circle? And it will stop, and then we'll go around in a spiral circle. It's kind of like a graphic effect. So I would have to send it to you. Yeah, you had to send it to me. I, I'm not yeah. lost. Me. I ain't go front. Lost me. <laughs> well, anybody <laughs> that's into like graphic arts knows who I'm talking about. Right. I, but I'm sure they do. I didn't know that he produced for Beyonce, so that's I'm basically. sitting here like, wow. What, what did he produce for Beyonce? He didn't really say. He was being so humble. Like he was like, yeah, and I produced for Lil Wayne. Y'all probably know this song. Um, I'm just like, no, sir. Just stop being humble. I'm weak. Just, just. Tell us what you did. So you, but you, yeah. you, you like when creators are cocky, when they just talk their shit, when they just be like, yo, this is what I do, this is what I can do, and this is what I'm about to do. You know what? It's a good question because the other person on the panel, she was very confident in her work, but then like she said, 
this week I learned that I can do anything. And I was like, okay, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't think I could do anything yet, but I'm glad you're that confident. Meantime, him on the other hand, he told us about how he had cancer mm. and he overcame that. And when he overcame that, that's when he got offered the opportunity to produce for Beyonce. Crazy. And I'm just like, wow. This humble story right now makes me feel like anything that I'm doing is not that relevant in comparison <laughs> to him. But for the most part, it was cool. After they did the panel, they told us how, how to use um, the boomerang effect on Instagram stories. Mm -hmm. They gave us, they put us onto a couple of applications. I'll list them now. Hold on. What are these what are these apps for? Or what are these apps for? I might be able to use them. It's crazy how this is the first time I'm hearing about this event, like hearing about the recap of the event live on the pod. You couldn't send these apps to Sidebar. me personally knowing how to use these apps or might need them. It's mm -hmm. cool. Sidebar, Facebook, their auditorium that they have for events. I just need to know how I can book it because you can <laughs> tell. No, seriously, it's huge. But, um, how, yeah, they how, many, how many on, people can fit in? My bad. I ain't mean to cut you off. How many people can fit in? It had to be about like, it had to be about like 200 people in that room, like mm. 100 on each side. It had to be because they had the rows by like, um, it had to be like eight people in each row and mm. they were good. They were a good 12 rows on each side. And there was three, actually three columns. So 12 rows in each. Do the math. Eight seats in each. That's about like 200 now. It's like 96 times two. That's a couple of like. Eight, times three. Times, times three. three. Uh -huh. oh, that's, that's over 200 then. Okay. So, yeah. But um, they showed us how to do the boomerang effect. They showed us how to do that 3D effect that they do in the pictures. You know, for everyday people, when you go on everyday people's Instagram account, they have the 3D moving picture. I'm going on the account right now. I never heard of everyday people. You put me on. Right it's now. so hard explaining these things over the phone. The first thing that came to mind when you said 3D effects was that time when um, Bleach Report created that 3D picture with Kevin Durant. And he, and he reached right. out of the frame. Right. I'm going to send it to you soon so you know what I'm talking about. But basically, it's like a moving picture. So mm -hmm. they focus on one spot of the picture, and then everything else around it is moving, like a 3D effect. But it's also a GIF at the same time, so it's very short. Mm. They told us how to do that, and they gave us the apps to do it. But I'm going to be quite honest with you. I feel like if you don't have knowledge of um, Photoshop and knowledge of any couple, like any programmed 3D application or programmed 3D software, it's not going to come out the same. It's they told us PG. about... Yeah, Film 3D was one they gave us. ProCam was another one they gave us. PopPick and FYUs. Fuse, I guess that's what it's supposed to mean. But those were the four apps they gave us to make the moving and um, the moving GIF, 3D GIF. But I don't know. I guess I'll try it and see how it comes out. It's called a hide and reveal. Mm -hmm. Use motion to reveal a hidden object by changing the perspective. <laughs> Sound like and they had one right called In Your Face. High contrast <laughs> that emphasizes the detail and dimension of the subject. Then they had three in a row. Line three, th line three subjects in a row at a slight angle. The depth of the field will amplify the parallax effect. <laughs> so it sounds like from you, from, from a graphic designer's perspective, that this, this event was very helpful for you. No. What you mean, no? How? <laughs> Okay, you know, so only only you would come on the show. List all of the all of the resources you got, and like, nah, it still wasn't helpful though. I'm gonna tell you why. Okay, so I'm big on making graphic design simple for the everyday person. Right. So for me, 
if I can if I can't even explain it to you on a podcast, right? Mm-hmm. How am I gonna sit here and say that this is good for the everyday person? Do, do you think that it's because of the style of the event that it wasn't that easy for them to explain it to everybody, or do you think that it's just? I think they had this assumption that everybody was on the same level as far as um, being a creative. Mm. So even the slides that they had on the the slides they had on the screen, you would have to have a prior knowledge of like art design vocabulary or a prior knowledge of using certain software to understand what they're talking about or have a prior knowledge of just anything animation, 3D, um, motion graphics just to understand what they're talking about. Because mm-hmm. in one of the slideshows, they're giving you tips and they're saying, focus on the layers, use layers, use your focal point, use depth, use contrast, use perspective. When you think of those things, what do you think? What are you thinking of from someone who's never done any 3D or motion graphics, period? I'm thinking you need to go home and watch a tutorial. Exactly. <laughs> so sitting there for that part of them trying to teach me it and like, okay, I need to I need to either take these slides home so I can go home and study it, or we need to sit here for more than thirty minutes and get to the breakdown of how it's done. Well, it, it sounds like it's an event for people who are a little more advanced. Then it probably just wasn't for the exactly. for the early creative. They probably could have exactly. did a better job of making that clear, like in in the promotion, like yo, this is not for for either person. However, even if you're somebody who's like a novice when it comes to the graphic design world, that's still a good networking event, still a good networking platform for you to pull up to of and meet course. other creatives. I know plenty of people met like people they needed to do graphics or any motion graphics or um, you know what's cool about it? They had someone show us how to make the filters on Instagram, how we can make our own filters mm, on Instagram. That's fire. That. That, I'll say, that was an eye-opener for me because I can now go and make my own filter if I wanted to, and I know how to upload it. If I'm not mistaken, I feel like a lot of photographers, a lot of professional photographers make their own filters, and that's why their pictures have like a certain like look and a certain like feel to them all the time, like a certain aesthetic to them all the time because they have their own custom filters. But that is clutch, No, but though. I'm talking about the filters that you have on Instagram Story. Wait, you mean so you can make custom filters of Instagram story? Yes. Like yes. the way that they used to have it for Snapchat? Right. And it's funny because last week at my event, I'm like, yo, why doesn't Instagram have custom stories the way that Snapchat does? Like, they do. So how do you, how, you can't, probably can't explain it over the pod, but you definitely got to put me on to that. You have to, right. When we get so, over, you have to put me on. Right. So now that I know how to do that, I'm about to add that on my service list because I'm just <laughs> like, wow. I'm sitting here trying to figure out how to do this for the long time. And it's actually not that hard to do. You just need to have prior knowledge of Photoshop, and then you upload it onto another software, a third-party software. You use that and export it onto Instagram. Mm-hmm. Quick question, right? You're somebody who's been doing this graphic. You've been in the graphic design game for for at least what five, six years. Like you've been doing this prior to college. Like you've been on a graphic design wave. Like prior to Instagram, even being what Instagram is today, you were like creating graphics and things of that nature. How does it change like the playing field for you when when you have events like this that gives people so much free game? on the graphics design stuff? Does it affect your business at all? Does it affect the way that you're maneuvering going forward? Does it affect your business model for your personal graphic design business going forward? I feel like it would only depend if I stay stagnant on what I offer as a service. So if I'm only offering geofilters as a service, Mm -hmm. and then there's all these free events on how to make geofilters, of course it's going to affect me because then everyone's going to feel like they can make their own geofilter. Right. But if I'm now saying, okay, I'm making moving geofilters and I'm making geofilters that pop or change as they go, mm-hmm. you're not going to know how to do that 
based off of the one event you went to. You're still going to need to go to somebody to learn or to refine those to skills. Teach, right. To right. do those certain things that you can't do. So that's like, um, I would say even I get that a lot with flyers. Like a lot of people are trying to make their own flyers, but it's not coming out as sharp as they think it should be. Like, for example, they're saving it underneath one resolution form and it looks very pixelated and distorted when they upload it onto Instagram. I can make the same exact flyer, change the settings, export it differently, and it comes out clean and sharp. Mm -hmm. How? It's just, it depends on my knowledge and how much I learn and grow based off of what I knew before and what I want to be, what's the right word for it? Or what what you, do I want or what, to say? Or, or, or what you hope the brand to be in the future. Or right, or you want exactly. It to so basically, exactly. it, it's, it's making it's, it's sharpening you then. It's making you better because as all of these people are giving free game to all these young creators, it's like, all right, now I got to step my game up. Now I got to step my stuff up. It's forcing right. you to be better. Basically. And that's how I felt about motion flyers. Like, I felt like, okay, everybody's everyone knows how to do simple flyers. Okay, cool. What am I going to do now that no one can argue with me over my pricing for? Because if I'm telling you that you can do the same thing that I'm doing, but you just have to ch pay me 60 dollars for it mm -hmm. you're not gonna want to do that if you know how to do it so now if i'm telling you i know how to do something for a hundred dollars and you don't know how to do it you're gonna pay me because you don't know how to do it especially if you but need then, that right away exactly but then that goes back to me trying to make graphic design seem simple for everyone so right now what i'm doing my main focus from now to the future is teaching the everyday person the everyday entrepreneur okay you can do the same thing that i'm doing it's not going to be as advanced. You're going to have to keep attending these events, these classes, watching these tutorials, but mm -hmm. you can do it. And then when you want certain things done, then you come to me. Right. When you want the advanced stuff done. Well, at what right. point, at what point did you shift the business model from, let me teach, let me create graphics for people to let me teach entrepreneurs how to create graphics for themselves. When did you shift that? I think it was when I realized that everyone has their own vision for their artwork or their own vision for their branding. But, they have a hard time communicating it with the designer or they have a hard time just b b putting it together themselves. So if they knew how to, if they had that gap, the bridge to connect the gap between not knowing how to do it themselves and having the vision, then it would be a lot easier for them to just mm -hmm. get what they want done in the time frame they need it done. It's funny you mentioned that though, because when I first started working with graphic designers, I was under the impression that you pull up to them and you be like, yo, I want a flyer done. And y'all supposed to like come up with the creative ideation. Like I didn't know that I had to come to y'all with an idea in mind. I thought your whole job, I thought I was paying you it to come depends. up with something. It depends. And then, for example, I've had plenty of clients come to me like, yo, I need a flyer for my party. All right. What's the theme of the party? Um, We don't have a theme. Okay. So what do you want the flyer to look like? Just make it look clean and classy. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> is that too much to ask for? Don't think about it. Like then that. when I provide the draft, it's nah, 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 nah. I don't like this. <laughs> I know exactly what I want my stuff to look like. Here's a reference. Make it look just like this person's flyer. And I'm sitting here like... You couldn't send me the reference from Jump? You couldn't send me the reference from the Jump? Nah, because if I, if I send you the reference right away, I'm a dick rider. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> just say make it look different. <laughs> Just say make it look different because we're not mind readers. We just bring your vision to life. So you have to have some type of direction as to what you want your artwork to look like. You know, that's different from the people who need to learn Photoshop. Those people who just like, all right, 
graphic designers are mind readers. They know what I want. No, nah, that was that you was me. That was that, that was me. I'm like, all right, yo, graphic designer, you pay them to just come up with everything. You just give them X amount of dollars and you come back with a with a fully flushed out graphic. Listen, I know people who could do that, but I've had plenty of like vent sessions with other graphic designers and we're just sitting here like yo. <laughs> vent sessions. <laughs> what are we doing right now? Come on. I need you to give me some type of direction as to what I'm doing because it takes time. And then you can't say you want a deadline and then we don't meet the deadline because you didn't know what you want. You get me? Mm-hmm. You That's know, for everybody out there that do that. You know, you know, you know what type of service or not service, you know what type of like um, panel should be, should, should be, should be held next. And I've never seen something like this, but just a, a simple business etiquette plan um, panel. Like, you know, they're doing a good job of touching on the creative stuff. They're doing a good job of touching on like, you know, the business stuff, like how to understand like your, your contract and stuff like that. But just a business etiquette panel would be dope. That'd be fine. Oh, there you go. That's your next panel. My next panel? There you go. Why, why would I host that? I'm just a podcaster. So you're you're a podcaster interviewing different people. So you would bridge the gap between the client for, let's say, a client that needs a graphic designer and graphic contact all the different graphic designers that they will contact in the future. They know how to do it. Same thing for um, a hairstylist. Not even though that would be like way out of media, but... Uh, for hairstyles, hairstyles right in media because they, they got they got to dress you up before you get on camera, so they they still in the, right, in, in the world. right. So you're right. So let's say hairstyles, they have their their form of etiquette. They need people to meet, and we know because for girls, when you go on a hairstylist page, right in her highlight, she got this long chant about what she want and what she don't want, and how you can't slide in her DM and you can't help after this time and how to answer her. And it's only because no one knows the proper way to hit up a hairstylist. Mm-hmm. They feel like you just slide in the DM and say, hey, I want my hair done next week and can you do it and how much? Nah, it goes, it's past that. It goes back to a deeper conversation I had about three episodes ago just about people treating their service people like trash. It's going like, for example, mm-hmm. just walking on the bus in the morning and not saying good morning to the bus driver even though he's getting you hat closer to the back. It's just right. not being able to, like, not having, like, proper etiquette it leads to, like, these these terrible business interactions that a lot of people are having with each other. And it's just, like, I don't like the stigma that... You think so? Yo, I'm seeing, yo, I'm seeing, like, I know a lot of people who have small businesses of their own and I, and I see, I see people on Instagram who, like, air out customers or air out bad uh, business people that they worked with like just constantly like throwing screenshots up of bad conversations and bad communications and it's just like i think somebody needs to hold that conversation somebody needs to host that panel it's just where it teaches all creatives teaches all young folk not even just creatives because there's people who aren't creatives who, who need a service who are going to need a service just teaches everybody how to like properly speak to and respect I each other i think it goes business all the dealings. way back to i'm what? not even trying to be that that person be that person I think it goes all the way back so what you learned in school, because I remember in high school, we had a whole class on the proper way to send an email, how to format an email, how to address someone in the email. And if you know the proper way to address someone in the email, even if it's like business or not business, mm-hmm. you'll carry little things with you, like how to say greetings to the person, not yo, not excuse me, boo. You will have that. <laughs> they said that excuse no, me, boo. seriously. Yo, how, how, do, <laughs> how do people hit you, hit you up for, um, for services? Hey sis, hey hun. That's hey, calm. Um, I see that. No, I see that you have availability open right now. Um, getting straight to it. Why am I being around the bush? What? I'm not answering you. <laughs> Where is that level of respect now? Come on now. Where's the level of respect? <laughs> boo, you would never go to your employer calling them boo. You would never go to not even. You would not hit up 
somebody in Staples. You would never send an email to Staples saying, hey, boo, can I get a flyer printed? You mm-hmm. would never hit up Staples. So why would you hit up a, a fellow young entrepreneur and ask them that? Like, I don't understand Because the respect is not But that there. just goes back. Respect and it goes back to what you were trained. If you were trained that there's a former way of sending out an email or from a way of inquiring about something, mm-hmm. you'll carry that with you everywhere you go. No, I definitely agree. I agree with that. Maybe we could set and that up. And then the respect too. So there you go. Panel. Boom. Maybe, maybe we could be the ones to set that up. I'll think about it. All right. I'll consider we work. it. <laughs> Call we work. <laughs> yeah, we work going through a lot right now. What? Why? What's going on? Um, I'm not gonna sit here. I'm not. I don't want to be inaccurate on my platform. Okay, 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 okay. But I have been reading up on it. And I, I just don't have enough information to really fully speak on it. But long I story saw an short, article. I saw the article, but you can freshen up my knowledge right now. Long story short, from what I've been gathering via podcasts and via other articles that I've read, long story short, WeWork does not have enough money to sustain themselves for longer than two right. months. That's 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 the long and short of everything. Why that's happening? From what I understand. They are a company. They are a company that's really in the real estate business that pulls themselves to investors mm-hmm. as a tech company. And being mm-hmm. that they did that, that is now it's not backbiting them because of clear, of course they don't understand the tech game. Though that they the way that they claim to do, and now their real estate business is struggling. But again, I don't want to be inaccurate. I don't want to be inaccurate. I definitely got to do more research on it. I might right address it later on. But yeah, it's a lot going on. When we work. It's crazy though because they're, they're so the financial part. You say you definitely yeah. That's what I'm saying. I saw I I only listened to like the financial sides of the story. Yeah. Via NPR and playing the money and stuff like that. But I haven't really dived into the nuance of everything. So I only really understand it from the investors, from SoftBanks, from I forgot the I think Adam Newman is the is the is the um the creator's name. I only understand it from like their financial background perspective. I don't really understand why the whole thing is falling apart. But yeah, they being right now. Well, I think that's a perfect time to schedule an event at WeWork. <laughs> Why is it a perfect time? Why was that? A, why would that be a perfect time? Though? Because I can get it for the low. Not only that, I feel like okay, when the stock market crashed, right? Mm-hmm. When the real estate market crashed, what did people do? They was nervous, man. I don't remember when I when, when the real estate market crashed. I was like eleven. So from what I remember, everybody was just running around with, with, with without no head. They was just nervous. Everybody that rolled the the wave through the real estate crash freaking doing well right now excuse my language <laughs> they're doing well the people who bought the property when they hit its lowest are you talking about those people yeah so that's what i'm saying i'm using that for an example so if we work is at its lowest maybe i shouldn't even say this on the podcast <laughs> no. someone's gonna come buy we work out okay of course they're of gonna course. be fine they're gonna be fine but I feel like now is a good time to try to book a space. And I've been to a panel at WeWork before. It's a nice setup. It's really, it fits, it could fit about a good 50 people in there. It's really cool, really calm. The one on by Union Square, that one's really calm too. So if you want to do it, we could do it. Right, I, highly, right. I, I highly doubt they'll say no. <laughs> Now we're gonna have to look into that. Yo, did you um did you read that that not read? It wasn't really much to read, but did you see the Kith woman thing that I sent you? The Kith Barbie collab. Mm-hmm. I so love it. I've been now nah, you love it, and a lot of a lot of my friends I've been seeing a lot of people on Instagram, a lot of people that I know share it, saying that they love it. And I'm not to say not to be that guy, but I'm a little to- I've been a little torn about it. I don't, I don't know, you know. Why? I, just, I don't know like what the 
purpose of it is. You know what I mean? Like I get it. Like I like it's it's dope. Like yo, they're young. Not they they're not young, but they're black Barbie dolls in kids clothing. What's the problem? It's not a problem, but it's just like, why are they doing it? You know what I mean? Like are they just doing it just so they can get all get so they can get some black dollars? Are they doing it because they genuinely it's a trying to? Piece. I'm saying, are they doing it because they genuinely want to represent us? In these kids' Barbie dolls, are they doing it because they just, you know? I really don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like when Mm-mm. it comes to when it comes to <laughs> she said, when Mm-mm. it comes when it comes to things being done, like I, I'm always skeptical because I'm just never 100 percent sure of, of why it's being done. And I don't even look at it as that. I look at it as this is a collector's piece. When the collection is um, sold out, I want to make sure I have one because ten years down the line, I can resell this. But the, you know what? I right, so let's let's dive deeper into it. The reason why this really draws question in my eyes is because in the recent years, I just didn't like. I just feel like Rodney Fring has been slutting out his brand. Like I feel like he just collab, does a bunch of collabs with everybody. <laughs> Not a real shit. Like I feel like he he started treating kids like a slut, and it, it's 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 really it speaks. It goes against everything that he claims Kith to be. So that's that was so from I want to say from. Last year, really, from like the beginning of last year on, like every other collab that I've seen with Kith has just been like, does he need to do this collab or is he just doing it to do it? And when his Barbie thing popped up, it was just like, I get it, but then again, I don't because I just really don't understand what he's, what he's trying to do here, what he's trying to accomplish here. Now, like here's Barbie. the thing, though. Here's the thing. If if he was to say, or maybe I missed this, feel free to at me on Twitter, feel free to comment on this on, on SoundCloud, let me know. If he was to say this money is being taken and donated to, donated to XYZ cause, that would have changed my whole perspective on it. Now, I understand that's some real 2019 neo-socialism shit where every business has mm-hmm. to have some type of cause. I understand that. But mm-hmm. it just feels like this is just another reason to get a black dollar, if you ask me. It, it, it is, but you got to look at it as also an accomplishment. How many people can say, my company has a Barbie doll? Not many, but but my my main thing is not many, right? But so what? Why do you have this Barbie doll? You know what I mean? Like, why are you doing this? What's your purpose behind creating these Barbie dolls for? So, us? for what I said, based on what I stated, the collectors, the collectors item. When I was a kid, having a Barbie doll or having a Mycene doll or a Bratz doll was the lit thing. After time went on, I realized they're no longer going to make my scene dolls. They're no longer going to make Bratz dolls. Let me stop popping on, open these boxes and losing the pieces and playing with the doll and ripping the head off. <laughs> Let me save them. And when time goes by and they stop making these things, the value of my doll is going to go up. Right. So me buying this kid doll as an adult, this is a collector's item for me. It's not coming out the box. Now for a child, this is meaningful. If I'm buying a black bar- Barbie doll in what's currently trending for clothing because let's be realistic you find a barbie doll that's wearing a hot pink mini dress leather mini dress your child is not wearing a hot pink leather mini dress your child is wearing sneakers probably a jumpsuit or a sweatsuit and their hair is in a bun. so if i'm getting a doll that looks just like my what i'm wearing right now mm-hmm. that's popping you could get the matching kit shirt for your daughter and the matching sweatpants and sneakers, and there you go, matching look, Barbie. Look, look what you just look what you just said though. You just gave you just gave us more reason to buy more kids. You exactly. see what I'm saying? It's all about money. That's, and thank you. And that's why I'm asking. Why is he doing it? It's about <laughs> like, the this money. Is why I'm like, I feel like you know you know my main thing with 2019. My main my biggest takeaway with 2019 when it comes to companies in 2019 is the fact that they did a very good job of selling consumers a dream. 
What oh, I mean, what I mean by that is, did a good job. I mean, Ben from Tom. But what I mean by that specifically is the fact that I just feel like anything that these companies do, they're just not genuine. I feel like there's always an ulterior motive. I feel like the main thing, the main reason, the main goal you're doing is always to get money. So when I see collabs like this, it always raises my eye. Or it raises my eyebrow, I should say. It's eyebrow raising. It's knee slapping. It's like, hmm, what's really going on? It here? goes back to what I tell everybody. What it's a great everybody? time to be a black person. It's a great time <laughs> to be a black person. Yo, no, but, but, the, but the thing, but people, what people don't realize, though, what people don't realize about being a black is that right now our culture is being commercialized on another level. Commercialized and, and commodified. You have to be stupid not to capitalize on being a black not saying that we should sell each other <laughs> no it's but that's what these brands time. are doing though but that's what these brands are doing these brands are just capitalizing on the fact that being black is 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 not the way but being black is being celebrated all of a sudden now and these brands are just cashing in on that like being black is being black is being commercialized on another level right now and nobody realizes it because everybody's so caught up in the idea that these companies genuinely care about us no and our causes. they don't care <laughs> They, you know, you know what's the crazy part about it? The people who are observing it and acknowledging it for what it is are people who are eating and surviving off of it and creating legacies for their family. Oh, that's a fact. The people who are being emotional and saying, no, why is this happening? They're the people who are just getting lost. No, 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 but that, that's, a fact, that's a fact, that's a fact, that's a fact, that's a fact. That's down to the same argument I have about diversity and inclusion in the workplace, where a lot of people are just like, oh my God, this is not the way they were supposed to be getting into the workplace. But I'm just like, yo, listen, if you can find your way in, get it. Like, you're not about to sit here and complain so about how you knew. got it. Huh? You said so Kith what? Kith knew what they were. Kith knew this was a win. Nah, Ronnie knew what he was. Nah, don't, don't try to mask it behind Kith. Ronnie knew, Ronnie knew what he was I'm doing. Playing, <laughs> Ronnie knew what he was doing, all right? And, when, and, and I'm going to keep repeating it. be a black person. I don't know if it's a great time to be black as much as it's a great time to just be a corporation in 2019. Yo, it's very easy to just yo. I'm telling you, it's very easy in, to just repackage something and, and make it seem as though you can't. Yo, look, the, you know, you know what really opened my eyes to this? The month of June. And the reason why I say the month of June opened my eyes to this is because June is Gay Pride Month. Now, my ignorant ass thought that Gay Pride mm -hmm. was just one day. I thought it was just like the parade. Prior to this year, I thought it was just the parade. No. So the first time me really under realizing that Gay Pride was like a thing, like as in like a, a celebrated thing, was 2016 when I was working at Nike Town and they had like the whole Be True initiative. I'm like, oh, actually, that's wavy. Like they're really doing something for them. Like that's dope. Fast forward to 2019 again, like, and this just goes back to people just living in their own bubbles and their own worlds. The shit don't really affect you. You're not really paying attention to it. But fast forward to 2019, it's when I realized that Gay Pride really had a whole month to celebrate. And the reason why I was able to realize that is because. I was paying a little bit more attention these times. Like, you know, I'm, I got a little older and mm -hmm. I'm a little more aware now. And with this newfound sense of awareness, as I'm walking around the city, as I'm walking around Soho, as I'm scrolling down LinkedIn, as I'm scrolling down Instagram, I'm seeing every single company like sport some type of rainbow stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And the first time, the first company I saw do was a Burberry. Burberry had like they had a rainbow flag and it said Burberry on it. And as I was walking down the block, I'm like, "Yo, that's just fire!" Like that's way. I thought Facebook was the first. I thought Facebook was the first company. No, it's, no, I'm saying it's the first company that I recognize doing something. Like I don't. Okay, I, okay, yeah, okay. That I recognize. And I saw Burberry. I'm like, "That shit is fire!" Like that's way. Like it's a rainbow flag. That's fire. And I kept walking, kept walking, kept walking, seeing more rainbow, and then it clicked like a week into the month. A week into the month of June, it clicked like, "Oh shit, it's Gay Pride Month." I'm like, "Oh wow!" Like no wonder everybody got some rainbow shit. I kid mm -hmm. you not. I kid you not, on July 1st, the majority, if not all of the stores that I had that, that I saw sporting rainbow shit went right back to regular. Like, yes, they, they didn't even wait so, till like July 4th, too. 5th, 8th, right. nah, July too. 1st, they went right back. And I'm just like, yo, this is the perfect example. Like, this is the perfect example. Like, yo, y'all be moving like these companies really care about y'all, but they're only really doing these Eight. things because they're, you're complaining. They're complaining. You're saying, yo, do it. 
Make me believe that you care. Okay, so we'll make you believe that we care. And as soon as we don't have to care anymore, we're going to cut it off. And I'm, right. like, I'm, and I'm seeing that happen so much 2019, and I'm just like, yo, y'all really, y'all really, do y'all truly, truly, honestly believe in your heart of hearts that these companies care about you and your causes? Like, come on, son. Like, they just find a new ways to commercialize to commercialize and commoditize. I don't even know if commoditize is a word, but you understand what I mean. They just find of a new course. ways to, like, to, to repurpose niggas. Um, not even trauma, but just, like, your concern. Like, they don't care, boy. At the end of the day, boy, you know what it is? It's America, and we live in a capitalistic society. So don't get it. Don't get a we fucked up a twist. We live in a twisted, capitalist, right? emotional society. You have to cater to everyone's emotions and their feelings. You're not catering to that. You already have an issue at hand. Period. City girls, period. That's a fact. If you're not catering to the emotions, if you're not making me, yo, that's all I'm saying. If you're not making me feel comfortable, then I'm not purchasing this. It's a dub. It's quiet. H and M is the prime example of the emotions part. H and M does something stupid against the black culture. Black Twitter goes crazy. H and M has a sale. Black Twitter makes their way to H and M. Nah, black Black Twitter gotta relax. Black Twitter gotta relax. You know, because black people gotta relax, man. We we put a lot of comp- a lot of money in these corporations' pocket, and then crying for um for checks afterwards. Like, like, come on. Everything is about like the emotional. Everything is we emotional. We gotta relax. We gotta relax. We gotta Did relax. Did you see that picture? Did you see that picture of the little? It was like, was it a boy or a girl? And they hit looked a hot mess. <laughs> that was beastie. I saw that. I felt like everybody was over exaggerating. Why you think everybody was over exaggerating? Like everyone was over exaggerating because they weren't looking at it from a rational perspective. They were just looking at it as this child's hair looks a hot mess. Think about it this way. Do you really believe that if there was a black person on the in the studio the day they were doing the photo shoot, they would let that child go on the set and look in a hot mess? Do you I, really I hope not. I honestly can't even tell you. I'm going to keep the stack. I, 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 but I hope not, though. I understand you're going to. The I hope problem not. is the lack of diversity in the corporate setting of H&M. Not mm-hmm. the retail, but the corporate. So now if you see that problem. And you're a black person and you know they have that lack of diversity and Instagram and Twitter keeps coming for them. Why would you not see the opportunity to squeeze your behind in there? That's when you go to Instagram, not Instagram, when you go to H&M and tell them, yo, you need me because this is where you guys are lacking the the type of care for social trends and what's going on in mm-hmm. society. Mm-hmm. Hire me. I'm going to help you. But no, we complain and, and, and chant on social media. So now and you, then when it happens again, we, we just sit there and be now emotional. You're, now you're asking, you're asking the majority of people to come together and be rational. That's a lot. That's a lot to ask. Right. But that goes back to my first point right. of like, right. <laughs> that goes back to my first point of diversity and inclusion where it's like, I've, I've heard people complain about you know, like us being brought into these companies only because of the diversity and inclusion initiative and not because like we can actually do the job or not because we're actually meant to do it or not because we're actually skillful. And I'm just like, yo, listen, if you know for a fact that you can do something, regardless of how you got to that company, once you get exactly. there, take advantage of it and walk. And you, exactly. and you just you just alluded to that by saying, yo, listen, figure out in a situation like that where you see, all right, yo, we lack representation in the workplace, use that to your advantage to pull up to the company and say, yo, listen, you need me. Like at that point, you have like people got to people got to do a better job of realizing where they have leverage. Like and realizing where they have leverage and understanding how to use that leverage, and and of course it's always a bigger conversation. It's not just as simple as oh people on on Twitter crying, people on Twitter finding new reasons to be mad. It's just that people don't really know what to do in general. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like but be emotional, right? But to complain, not even just be emotional because we're all emotional. Like that's a fact. But people don't really know what to do or really how to channel these emotions the correct way. So it's like it always turns out to be a quick 22-hour outrage and it goes back to being normal and regular. H&M shit was crazy, though, because 
I don't know if that young girl, and I thought it was a boy at first, and that, that's I how crazy it was. It was. My sister was yeah. like, yo, it's a girl. I'm like, oh, shit, my bad. But I don't know if that young boy, not eight, my bad, that young girl went to the shoot without a parent, but. That's a good point. If they shoot, I, my thing is just like, you can't, I can't knock the white folk for watching her go, go, on, go on set like that, because they wouldn't even know what to do with her hair in the first place. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to give them a pass or anything. No, nah, I'm not giving them a pass, yeah, but it's just not, they're not the not, ones to blame, though. That's the, That's what I'm saying, like. The blame yeah. wouldn't be properly placed on them. It should be placed on the in parent. Culture, you wash your hair and go. In black culture, you need your hair to be slicked back. And that's so what I'm saying. Like, out. I'm not going to hold it against them because they wouldn't even know what to do with that child's hair in the first place. Exactly. But it, I would definitely hold it against her parent. And I would definitely hold it against the fact that they just don't have their representation in the corporate office, like you said. So exactly. when these photo shoots are happening, there's no black person on set to be like, yo, hold on, let me pull this child to the side and help her fix her right. hair real quick. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. And that, that's another opportunity right there that we lack. We just, we don't see the opportunity and run for it, fill in the spot. We just stand on the outside and complain. But, but going back, but that. not even that, using that same, using the same, using the same, staying on the same subject, right? So the way that we were able to complain and voice our opinions about everything H&M does, we were able to use that same platform to, to catapult, um, what's the, what's the people call Popeye, the Popeye chicken sandwich. And I remember getting into oh a bunch of different... God. I remember getting... We late right now, and it's, it's October, but so what? still relevant. I remember getting into a bunch of arguments about the Popeye chicken sandwich, a bunch of people telling me that black Twitter should be compensated and that X, Y, and Z, that we should be getting paid for it, and so on and so forth. Wait, but I'm stop. Just like, go back, go back, go back. I'm going back, I'm going back. Go back. I'm going back. Okay, so this is where I lack knowledge. Mm -hmm. Black Twitter is an association that has uh, an LLC and an office space where they receive a check? Nah, Black Twitter is pretty much just a bunch of black folk who use Twitter. And anytime we come together to make a collective joke or have a collective conversation, it's referred to as Black Twitter. So where would corporations send a check to? Uh, the corporations would now take their social media teams and they would have to comb through Black Twitter, pull everybody's oh. name and um, pull all of your at names and then DM you saying on behalf of Popeyes or McDonald's or Burger King Corporation, here is a check for X amount of dollars. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Got it. Yeah. But yeah, and I, and I I tried to explain to people, and it's funny because your your version of explaining was much more easy and concise. You did that in like two seconds. But I tried to explain to people that nobody was asked, nobody ever asked Black Twitter to do anything. We kind of just take it upon ourselves to do it. Mm -hmm. And the moment, like before we can even like control our narratives, not not narratives, but before we can even control the way that we are compensated, we gotta realize the power that we have. And if people didn't, if people realize the power that we have, then you wouldn't just go on Twitter. And voluntarily mention these brands. True. You see what I'm saying? So, yeah. But and 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 I always every time every time I, I think, see, but Twitter is like a forum that allows us to do that. Like I feel like if it was a platform where we had to strategically plan what we're posting, like Pinterest, then we would consider those things. But when Twitter is somewhere where you just put, you have 180 characters and you just post how you feel or what's on your mind at the moment, you're not going to consider that when you're just speaking. You know, it's just coming out naturally. True. True. I don't think. I think, for example, when you say we come together as a collective, not to bring it to a culture crime, even though that was what was going on, but that's a collective that saw, okay, our culture is popping. Let's form a group of, how many people are in the group? I think it's six people. I have no, I'm, I'm not even on front like I know. I, I think it's about six to eight people. And now look, look what it formed. So I feel like if Black Twitter... We figured out who our 10 representatives are, knowing damn well it's not going to only be 10, or our 20. And these are the people who are representing Black Twitter, and they 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 start the, the conversation of Popeye's chicken sandwich. Mm -hmm. 
then boom, if they don't say it, we ain't saying it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> if they say, but now nah, it's but my thing. My thing is, it's still not that simple because it's like companies now. The company, like companies, marketing plans are designed to figure out how to get how to get customers to speak on behalf of their brands. Like that's that's mm-hmm. that's the model of twenty nineteen. So, it, it, that's just like they wouldn't even pay white Twitter. You know what I'm saying? Like they're not trying to pay anybody to do anything. They want to be. They're they not gonna be, pay us. They want they want to be they want to be promoted for free regardless. Like the whole purpose mm-hmm. of of marketing in twenty nineteen is to figure out how to make these consumers our commercials, or how to make these consumers commercials on our behalf. So it's like like that's an argument that you wouldn't even want to waste your time. You want to know what's up? You know what's messed up? What's and messed I'll put up? you onto something only based off of my my knowledge. So a wise a wise bird <laughs> told me <laughs> that after the whole Popeyes frenzy went on. Popeyes invested a lot of money into their company to run ads. Did they invest that money into black Twitter? No. Now, how crazy is that? Is that Twitter and social media built the popularity, built the hype over the chicken sandwich. However, now Twitter and social media are being compensated to continue this hype. That's crazy. There's no value in people's commentary in their posts on social media. I mean, there's only there's, there's only value on the company end. There's no value on your end. Exactly, and that goes back to who is the person receiving the check? <laughs> Wait, but that's, <laughs> on that's I mean, that's that's a bad move on Popeye's part. Then, like, if if you see that that your brand, if you see that people are able to elevate your brand just off their own platforms, mm-hmm. why would you then take your money and invest it into more ads? You know what I'm saying? That that would that's just a dumb business play in my in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But they just need a place to monetize. Like they need they need a, a medium to invest their money into. They're not really concerned about okay, this place got me what I need, so I'm gonna put my money into this. Like, and the crazy part about it is Twitter is not, even though they could run ads on Twitter, 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 the platform did not get them where they are today. It was the users that got them where they are today. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna give if you divide four million dollars. Over four million users, everyone is receiving a dollar to go back and get another chicken sandwich. Like, right, going, right, that's going towards the chicken, the next chicken sandwich, right? They're not. There's no benefit for the user. We have to either create a platform where we win if we speak, or we just shut up, like you said, which is not going to happen. Gosh, we need to create more like panels and events where we could speak to each other about these things because <laughs> it's really no, seriously, we need to. Not, nah, I mean, we do, we do, we do, because these are important conversations to be had. Like people, people need to understand their value. People need to understand their value. People, like people need to understand that as a company. Festivals are good, right? The festivals are good ways to bring each other together. But are we gonna pay attention? I thought um, Curl Fest was really cool because it brought a lot of people together, and it brought awareness to allowing women of all colors to wear their natural hair mm-hmm. in, work, in work environments and workplaces. And that was an initiative they had on the side that a lot of people didn't realize until they came to the event. And I'm like, oh, that's dope. How would I have known about that if I didn't come, though? You get what I'm saying? Right. If I didn't surround myself around people who believe in the same thing that I believe in and put myself in front of a stage where someone can't speak to me about these things. Instead, I would have stayed home and watched everybody via hashtag and the explore page at Curlfest. But you still got to ask yourself: Are people going to these events uh, to to snap about it and let everybody know that they're there? Are they going to these events to actually learn? Heck yeah! Everything is about Instagram. All right. So even you can have all the events of the world in the world. If people aren't aligned on why they're going to these events, if they're not going to these events for like a productive or a reasonable reason, 
And it don't matter. <laughs> At that point, you're just wasting your, you're just wasting your voice. Do you feel like that's the reason why you didn't go to KosherCon this weekend? Nah, the, the reason why I didn't go is because it was on a Saturday, and I just true, yeah. true, true. You're right. You're absolutely right. Right, but um, I, I, I is, is it always gonna be on the Sabbath? I don't know. Like if it's not, like if not, like one one year I may have to sacrifice and just try to go and try to see what's here for. But I definitely mm-hmm. still do want to go to more CCNY events in general. Like as you we were talking about before, you told me about the Wednesday event, the one that happened this past Wednesday, the um, the, the creative, the creativity one. But mm-hmm. I mentally RSVP'd and baited. Like I came back two days later, like oh, me actually RSVP now. And it was it was quiet for me. What's but, coming up soon? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. You the you the events you the events woman. You you the friend that hits me about all the events that I should be at or should be going to. I know, but I always get them last minute. Um, what's coming up? We gonna get back to that later. Yeah, we, but we get back to that. Afterwards. I think that we need to create more events for people to come out. Yes, we know they're gonna have to be free, guys, because unfortunately, <laughs> y'all not gonna come out to your house if it's not free. Unless it's an Instagrammable moment, everybody's going. But we need to create. <laughs> We need to create more events where we can speak about these things. And I'm pretty sure somebody spoke about it at the event this weekend. And I'm pretty sure somebody had a panel at Howard Homecoming where they spoke about it. Hopefully it registers through everyone's head. I don't even I only went to Howard Homecoming once. I don't I don't recall them having panel discussions. I could be wrong though. I could be wrong. They did. They know. had like where they interviewed the celebrities on the stage, but not a lot of people come to that. They go to the concerts. Yeah, to the con- I mean, yeah, that's 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 what I'm saying. Like, how you not when you you at homecoming, you are not trying to learn that homecoming is a celebration. <laughs> nah, that's a fact. <laughs> that's that's homecoming in general. Not even just how you are not going to homecoming to learn that. What the learning? What stops, did I learn that? The learning stops learn Thursday. Homecoming when you went. That um, that black women are beautiful. That was just more reinforcement for me. Oh yeah, that's true. I learned. What did I learn? To eat before you drink. Wow. See, but see, what here's the thing, though. Life has a funny way of just of just throwing lessons at you. <laughs> so yeah, as long as you as long as you're aware, you're gonna learn something. That's a fact. As long as you're aware, you're gonna learn something. I learned to eat before you drink. So there we go. <laughs> but you too old to be just learning that lesson. But hey, what? You're too I old was, to be just I learning that lesson. Nerd. No, really? I was a nerd. I did not go out if it was not for business. I've been I've been in this little mixy Soho scene for the longest. Like Union Square, running behind everybody behind. Um, L three and F and the clothing brands and Dead Heart and all that stuff. Right, bubble game. When I was sixteen year old, all that stuff back in the day, that was my crowd. So, if it wasn't for that, I was at home because my parents did not let me go to the teen parties. I couldn't <laughs> be in the in the the day raves. So that's what I was doing. And hundred percent wasn't at no. Hundred percent wasn't at no teen parties. I, I didn't get to really experience the get drunk stuff until I was like 21, 20. When you were supposed to do it, or when society thinks that you're supposed to do it, so yeah, I learned that you're supposed to eat before you drink at twenty. <laughs> Don't judge me. No, nah, I feel you. I feel you. You gotta learn it when you learn it. Yeah, I do. I do have a question though because um, I, I read this article the other day on the route. It was about Oprah. I think I said, I believe I sent it to you if I'm not mistaken. But I read the article the other day on the route, and then it was pretty much about Oprah saying that you know she looked back at her, her career and her life. In her thirty-three, her thirty-three-year relationship with her partner, what Stedman is his name or oh, something like that, and, she, and basically, long story short, she said that yo, I don't regret getting married to him because you know I just wouldn't be able to have a wonderful career and be a wonderful mother. And when I read that, I don't believe that you were one of the people that came to mom because you were one of the um, one of the hardest working women I know as far as you know Aww, having a job you. and you know being an entrepreneur on the side. And I, and I wonder, like, do you ever feel like in the long run that you won't be able to be a mother or be the the best mother that you could be? Or have a mother, be a mother, have a husband, have kids, have a family, and balance your family life 
in your personal and your not personal and your entrepreneurial and your career life? Do you ever feel like do you ever are you ever afraid that you'll ne- you'll never be able to compartmentalize and find that balance between personal mm-hmm. and work the way that Oprah claims that she can? Well, I feel like Mercury is still in retrograde or whatever you want to call it because Wait, what? this has been <laughs> what are this you has been my trade it still is because my head space has been in this all week um i got into an argument with my lyft driver on tuesday because only you again to argue with the cab driver because he was really trying to press me about having a family and i'm just like sir um i'm having one kid he's like wait why would what you why would you only have one kid let me i'm gonna tell you why so what? he's telling me that my train of thought is based off of my present situation and not where I will be in 10 years. I said, that's absolutely fine. However, my life plan for myself is to be on the go. Like, I'm not trying to be a housewife. I'm not, no offense to anybody who has more than one kid. Doesn't That doesn't mean that you're a housewife. I'm just saying, like, my plan is to be on the go, on the go. Mm-hmm. I always admired, um... Gosh, I always say this woman's name wrong. She used to work for Uber. She used to handle the marketing and she used to handle marketing for Uber. Goodness. Why do I keep forgetting this lady's name? But basically she has one child mm-hmm. and I love how she always takes her child on a go with her. And I'm like, I love that. Like I want to be able to Rebecca, hop on Rebecca a plane Messina? And... No, 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 no. She's African. She's Nigerian. I'm bugging. Oh, wait, that is an OD. That's not her name. But moving forward, yeah, move, I want to go. Name, on, I want to. I want to be on the go with my child. I want to be able to invest everything into my child and not feel like I'm dividing love or I have to be figuring out how I'm trailing behind a two year old and a four year old. And I told my my lift it was lift. I told my lift driver. I said if I do have more than one kid, it's gonna be when the first child is like twelve, so that they can help me out with that's the OD. second child. That's so deep. I mean, how? I get the no, no. I get the logic. I get the logic. I get the logic. But that's the logic. Like, I'm not trying to be sitting still for too long. I'm already have to sit still for like one year and help the child through its newborn phase. After that, I'm trying to go, 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 go. But I do want to have a child. Now he told me that I'm thinking that I'm gonna be like a single mom. I felt so offended. I'm like, what? How am I thinking like a single mom? He's like, your husband's going to be there to help you. I said, stop it right flipping there. Okay. So you don't expect your husband to help you? Let's be realistic right now. Let's be realistic. Let's be being realistic. When you have a child, you are losing four years as a woman. When a man has a child, he's still going. There's nothing stopping him. He doesn't have to worry about his body. Four years is a drag. I know mad women that had I know mad women that had kids in their late thirties and they didn't lose four years. Well, at least two years. Let's say two years. They, some of them baby lost six months. It's uh, all about it's about lifestyles. 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 Twin, okay, true. It's about lifestyles. It's about it's about lifestyle. lifestyle. Okay, but men, there's nothing holding them back. They don't have to take no maternity leave. They keep going. They keep eating. If they want to hop on the plane the day after they give birth, they could do such. Women nah, could do such too. But if that's my point but like <laughs> you guys can hop on the plane and go like there's nothing holding you back it's expected of the woman to stay behind and fulfill her motherly duties and take care of the child and if she does not do that she's scorned by society i don't need nobody scorning me <laughs> <laughs> i just don't so I'll, I'll take the scorn with one child and be on the go after three months and go on a plane but i'm not doing that back to back to back while my husband is on the go now for me to sit here and expect keyword that us women do is we expect so much and that's where the problems lie mm. for me to speak expect, on the queen 
<laughs> for me to expect that my husband is going to give up his life after I give up give birth to our child and take up responsibilities that he wouldn't normally do before the child was here and it's going to be a change in experience for him if it's the first child I would have to be an idiot. Nah, but Thank I see I, I here's my thing though, here's my thing. If if you, when you're pregnant, right? When a couple's pregnant and they're expecting a child, it's anticipated that once the child gets here, that you guys are both gonna raise a child. Like I, 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 I don't. Oh. Oh what? Let's look at the people <laughs> that we know that that have kids. Okay, I'm looking at them. Did they stop what they were doing when they had their first kid? No, but they had they had, they, they they did not stop what they're doing. But guess what? They also found a way to fit the kid into their new, into their life. Yes. You got nine. You, listen, you got nine months to you got nine months to figure out how we gonna incorporate this kid into our life. I don't think nine months. I don't think nine months is ever enough time. I well, you you have you have more have than nine months though. You got you got a whole. Once y'all get married and you're about to start. Once y'all get married, you have all the time in the world to plan that kid out. Like, exactly. You got you got That's time to plan that kid who out. Get married. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm not even when I made that statement just now about the people that we know. They're not. Majority of them are not married. Majority of them are still trying to get their lives together. For me personally, like I said to the Lyft driver. I'm not worried about even having my one kid right now because that's a long way for me to go. And hopefully by that time, the person that I'm married to will have the mental without a, another child on the side. will have the mental to understand <laughs> that, okay, I'm having a kid with this woman and she's doing so much. I have to sacrifice just as much as she is. I mean, but I can't expect that right now. I mean, of course you can't expect it right now. You, you're young. But I mean, I feel like that's a given. I feel like you. Should, I feel like that comes with the package of marriage. Like, you know for a fact you're about to have this kid. You, you you just had the kid, which means that once the kid first gets here, I'm gonna have to put in a little extra work to compensate mm -hmm. for all the tightness that you're feeling, all the hormonal changes that you're going through as a woman who just gave birth. I don't. But I, I think men define that differently than women do. Well, but here's here's and here's the thing. Here's the thing. It goes back to communication, right? So once you and your partner get together, you guys have to define what exactly you guys expect to, from each other. Once you guys both become parents and bring that, kid mm -hmm. in the world. that's what it comes down to. Honestly, like I don't think that um, like it's not like it's not something that we can really speak on right now, off the strength that we just aren't in that situation with the like with right. the, with the, the, the our partner. But that's a conversation that you have to have with your partner beforehand. Yeah, Simple. I know, and I've also know I also know a couple of married people who literally I've watched them go through it where they expected that their partner would step up to the platter and be there for certain situations. However, their partner looked at it as a providing situation. So they show their love by providing. They felt as if, okay, you can't work right now. So I'm going to fulfill the financial end of it and do that double of what I was doing to compensate for that. But they're not noticing the emotional, the physical aspect mm -hmm. of it as far as like all conversations that need to be tired. Held. Right. All conversations that need to be held before, not beforehand. I think Oprah, I think maybe Oprah looked at it as far as like she was comparing it. Because sometimes I feel like even me, I compare it to people that I know. So she probably said that with the comparison aspect of it. Okay. So she thought, but even she could have, she could have um, married Sedman and had a family. She would have had a nanny because she had enough money to do so. Um, Her argument was that. She would have been able to travel mm -hmm. if she didn't want to be around him that much. No, because it gets yo. The re, let's be real. Nah, right, like, right, right, right. What was she? What was she worried about? If her, she married her, him, what was she worried about? Her argument was that if they got married, that his expectations for their relationship would have been completely different, and she wouldn't be able to. So he doesn't have any expectations after dating him for how many years? Come Listen, on, now. man. This question you got to ask Oprah. 
It's a question you gotta ask the queen herself. Man. Auntie Oprah, please. It's a question you gotta ask her. Auntie Oprah, I know y'all had arguments on the side about this. Because women, we date men for three months and all of a sudden we have expectations. So how are you telling me that... Sh- <laughs> how are you telling me Stemmy didn't have expectations after year 10? Come on now. <laughs> Yo, sign up the Uber, the Uber CCMO is the name uh, Buzama. Buzama St. James. Yes, right, there right, we right, go. Right. Thank you for looking it up. Buzomo. I, I think I pronounced that wrong. Bu- mm-hmm. Buzoma, Buzoma, not Buzama. Buzoma. But yes, but... I will mention though, not to be biased in the story, she did lose her husband. Mm. He um he passed away, so she was left with her child. Mm. So th- that's a little bit different. Now, what I would love to know if I attended a panel or anything is if he was still here or if she did get married again, would she continue to have kids? You know, right? Or right. is she fine with her one her, child? Her because one child. I know I'm gonna be fine with my one child. God, I hope you hear me because I'm not being selfish and I'm not being yeah. ungrateful. It's, it's, it's not. I mean, it's lit. It's all fun and games till that till till your first pregnancy is a, is a set of twins and it's like yeah, it's lit for you. <laughs> Ooh, Uncle Darnell, they will be dropped out to your house. But yeah, <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I, I I think we touched on everything. I think we touched on all the topics that we want to speak on, the general topics. Yeah. I, I am tight that we missed CultureCon, but um, I guess next year we'll just have to make time to do that. I hope next year. I'm is not. It, is, it, is, it only a, is it only a one-day thing or was it a two-day event? I think it's a one-day thing, and they try to create a weekly event. But the reason why I say I'm not upset I miss it is that because I know, based off of how big this was, they're going to be provided with a whole bunch of opportunities to um, to have events throughout the year and within the next year coming up. So I'll just, attend those. Just make sure you just make sure you keep me up to date weeks in advance about the events. Do not hit me up two days before the event or the date. Definitely of. did not hit you up two days before. <laughs> Definitely send it to you two weeks in advance. So don't tell your listeners that I I be sending you last minute event. I try, man. I try. But yes, um, I think we touched based on everything. Did you have any questions for me? Um, nah, not really. I didn't. I, oh, but I do want actually before we go, I want you to also share, 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 share your socials. Let everybody know where they can find follow your graphic page. Let everybody know the services you provide now because they aren't the same as they used to be. And um, we can get out of here on that. Okay, so I'll briefly let everybody know I am not your typical graphic designer. I take seven people a month. The reason why I take seven people a month is not only because I work on the side, but because I like to focus in on seven projects. It gets overwhelming when you take a million clients and you don't fulfill the best that you can because you're focusing on the bag and not on the end goal. So I take seven people a month. You can see my work on MIVTVY at instagram and also my website it's nivtvy.com if you want to hear my opinionated behind because i am very opinionated and i speak about a lot of things other than graphic design as, as you we spoke may, about as today you may, as you may hear yes so you can find me on instagram at tailored niv that's t-a-y-l-o-r-e-d-n-i-v and yeah hit me up let's talk um i'm gonna be throwing a couple of events soon i just had my last event and Thank you for having me on your podcast, Steve. And, and what was your last event? It was it was the uh, the brunch, the brunch, the graphic design brunch, right? Correct? Brunch and learn, yes. Brunch and learn, brunch and learn. And learn. Right, just yeah, find, I wanna... find new ways to educate entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. I want all my entrepreneur friends to know how to create their own flyer, not because 
you know, I can't do it, but it's very important that everyone knows how to do what they're paying other people to do. Mm -hmm. You should have some type of basic knowledge of what you're paying someone else to do so they can't run you over. And I've seen plenty of times my friends go to other designers, pay $200 for something they could have did at home if they just took 20 minutes out of their time. So, yeah, I'll be having more of those events. And if you want to learn how to create a quick flyer or a quick announcement post, definitely come out. I feed everyone. It's brunch and you can also look at some of my YouTube videos. I have a few. If Darnell didn't even know, I bet you he didn't. No, I did. Uh, <laughs> I did, did it. I definitely have a YouTube video on how to make your own um, Instagram post. That's crazy. But, yeah. You can find that on my website, too. The link is on there. But thank you so much, and congratulations to making one year. Thank you. Thank you, Nia, for being on the show today. No problem. Yeah, yeah, my bad. Yeah, my, yeah. You, you live on the King Belly podcast, just, so don't say nothing discriminate, incriminating. All right. <laughs> yeah, I, so, so I peeped. I peeped that I went to Rolling Loud. We ain't gonna talk about y'all going to Rolling Loud. Not let anybody know y'all going to Rolling Loud. But I peeped that you kind of shag with the Rolling Loud. I want to hear from you. I want to hear what the experience like, how you enjoyed it, what was your favorite performance, and all that. Well, um, it's funny because we actually on our way there right now to part two. Um, because you know it's a two day event. Word, I didn't but, know that. Yeah, but um, so yesterday we went. We only got to experience three artists, which was um, Playboy Cardi, um, Travis Scott, and Wu Tang. Um, both, all three of them was was, was good. Um, you gotta, if you know, for those who don't know or don't haven't ever been there, it's a bunch of like marsh pits, <laughs> like wild experience in the crowds. So that was new, I guess, because that was our first time, and you kind of forced to be in there. It's not like oh, let's go there and marsh pit. Right. Like it comes, it comes to you. So you basically got to, like, adjust. Um, a lot of people went there and lost items, lost sneakers. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was a madhouse. Wait, but, um, wh- why did y'all only see three people? Was, was that was that the setup for yesterday, or did y'all get there late? No, no, no. We kind of got there a little late. Okay, but okay. honestly, the, the, the people before, the, um, those were, like, the three people we was aiming to see. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like we felt like we missed anything. That's, that's fire. I didn't, I didn't know that. Um, I didn't know that was a two-day event. I thought it was just a one-day thing. Yeah, it, so it, today... So today, um, Lil Uzi, um, Young Thug, um, ASAP Rocky, um, those are just some some Juice World. Those are the, like the main people that's headlining today. Mm-hmm. And this is that, um, that City. Both of them is at City Field. Correct. Yeah, both of them is at City that's Field. Right. So out of the three people you saw yesterday, what was your favorite one? What was your favorite performance? Um, definitely Travis Scott. Travis Scott actually, apparently, allegedly, um, broke his kneecap at the performance. Um, yeah, like we like he was going crazy and then he just stopped moving. Um, so apparently it's a broke. Kneecap. Yeah, apparently, but don't quote that because it might just be like fractured or hurt. <laughs> but apparently, but apparently the hem is broken. That's beastie. Yo, did you did you hear that? Um, I just I just spoke to somebody and they were telling me that apparently Casanova, I think Don Q and somebody else got banned from performing that role loud. Yeah, so Casanova, Don Q, Chef G, Chef G, yeah. and and Pop Smoke. Um, Pop Smoke too. Yeah. Um. They wasn't able to perform because um, there's assumptions that, you know, violence may occur, mm-hmm. um, especially with them being from New York City. So, you know, they, it's easy for them to run into people they got issues with. Right. My, my thing with that, so, though, is like why I don't I don't see like I get the NYPD trying to make it seem like they, they want everybody to be safe. But why not just have metal? Like, did y'all, did I get searched before I walked into the venue? Yeah, we did. So what's the um, there, was a t- there, was, there was a ton of security. But, you know, you know, I guess. Yeah, I, I felt a little way about that too, as well. 
And Correct. on top of the fact, it's an innocent, it's, it's, the thing is, Rolling Out is happening in New York, so why wouldn't you, like, why are you withholding New York performers out of everything, like? Exactly. This is, if, if um, anything, this is the time for them to for them to be performing. Yeah. You, I, you know what's crazy? I heard, like, I mean, I could understand, I could understand um, Pop, Pop Smoke, um, and, but I didn't understand, like, Don Q, like, I don't, who got, I don't, I mean, not to say they don't have issues with people, but I don't think nobody coming here to rob and beat up Don Q. <laughs> right. Like, but yeah, I definitely think they should have had New York performers um, perform, especially Pop Smoke, because he got one of the hottest records out right, right yeah. now. Right, two of the hottest records out. The audio, yeah. And then on top of that, like they canceled them the day before the event. That's corny. Yeah, that's corny. So you decided to go up and perform, not only to find out last minute that you can't. Exactly, which is tacky, but it's, it seemed like I um. I mean, I don't know, honestly. I was about to say, it seemed like they took it well, but I haven't actually heard responses from them. Seth Casanova was pretty enraged about it, mm-hmm. which he should be, I guess. Right. And he just he just dropped the project, too. Exactly. So, that you know, it was a perfect time for him. Right. Did you did you, did you listen to any new music this weekend? I know you, you've been out, but um, you find the time to bump listen. anything? Um, so I bumped the Wale Project and um, NBA Youngboy Project. Um. And my, mind you, I'm not. Previously, I was never an NBA young boy. Yeah, fan. I about to say I didn't oh, even know he had a project that came out this weekend. Yeah, I'm not even really a big um, Wale fan, but ironically, both of those projects I thought was pretty good, especially like for people who are already fans of them mm-hmm. if they haven't like gotten the time to tune in. Um, really solid projects for yeah, both I, of them, I, especially I only, Young Boy because I because you don't fuck with him. Yeah, but I was surprised because he did. He, it was pretty good. But Young Boy is one of them individuals that like his. He got a crazy. He got a crazy following, um, like already with like people from like who come from dangerous environments in the hood. Like they, <laughs> they, they love NBA Young Boy. Like right. they worship him. Yeah, he he has a very young following as is. So mm-hmm. he pulled up to the game with that. I only bump so far. I only bump Wale project, and I and I enjoyed it. I can't front. I liked it, and I'm not really a big Wale fan or Wale guy. Mm-hmm. But I think I think part of the reason why I was so like excited to bump it is because every time I turn the radio, every time I get in my sister car and turn the radio on, um, that chill record is on. Mm-hmm. And I always hear that shit. So I'm like, I bet while they drop the project, I listen, I bump, and I, I liked it. I enjoyed it, and especially especially that Ari Lennox track. I feel like any song that Ari Lennox is on, I'ma like it. So I'm biased towards that. And Jacquees walked in his feature. I enjoyed that too. I also feel the same way about Jacquees. Any any feature he on, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna be a little biased towards that. But overall, I did enjoy the that Wale project. Yeah, the um, Ari Lennox pro- um song was was dope. Um, also, you got a, a track on there with um Lil Dirt called "Break My Heart." That song was actually really good as well. Um, and then he he's featured on um, well he's not featured, but um he got a song on there with um Rick Ross and Meek. Um, yeah, that's all. That was also um a great Fire song. Too. Overall, I was in. I, I, I was impressed, especially because I'm a person like um, a friend of mine actually sent me the link to his um, album, like like when it first dropped, and I'm mm. like, I'm not listening to this. Yo, you know and me, then, I don't listen to I don't listen to projects right away. Yeah, but something I, I think I was bored, and I'm like, let me check it out. And like the first three songs caught my attention, which I think ironically was the Ari Lennox song. I think it's like track three. Yeah, it's like track three. Okay. Yeah. And then I'm like, all right, bet. let me keep listening, and I was impressed. No, I was I was I was definitely impressed. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. But, yo, I, I don't want to keep you on too long. I know you're about to go to the second part of Rolling Loud. I didn't even know it was a two-day affair. I just wanted to get your opinion on how things were from, from somebody that was their perspective. So I appreciate you picking up and, and sharing the perspective with the fans. And enjoy day two, bro. 
Thank you, bro. I appreciate it. For those who don't know, this was a spontaneous call, too. I didn't even know this was coming. <laughs> you feel me? But, yo, I appreciate it, bro. Now, I'm trying to spice it up for you to get more spontaneous, less produced, you know? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bro. We're going to talk. Copy. You've been listening to the King Belly Podcast. You can follow the King Belly Pod on Instagram and Facebook. You can subscribe to the King Belly Podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Your support is greatly appreciated. This beat was produced and engineered by Nigel Pierre Bryant. You can check out more of his records on his production page on Instagram at produced by period and.